have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me fill you in on a few things. Like first and foremost, it's free. And there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Then Anchor is going to distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on multiple platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. Even better, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And it's so easy, even somebody like me can do it. Now download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And I know you hear me. I know you hear me when I say we're halfway to Halloween. And if you can't wait another six months to get your spooky fix, then you need to check out Malice Haunted Attraction in Belfast, Tennessee. They're going to be open Friday, May 13th and Saturday, May 14th from 7 to 10.30 p.m. Ticket prices are only $20. They're going to have concessions. They're going to have a DJ in the midway. And they're going to have a last ride casket simulator. So if you want more information about it and you want to check it out, go to MaliceHauntedAttraction.com. I know you hear me. Hey, this is Duncan Brannan, author of The Soldier Code and former voice of Chuck E. Cheese and Barney the Dinosaur. And you are listening to my main man, Flynn Hendricks, on the I Know You Hear Me podcast. Hi, I'm Will Harridge, and I'm an audio engineer. But you would not believe the amount of mediocre voice actors I get in on the daily. It's scary, honestly. I always want to recommend them to Elise Bowman, who's the best voice acting coach I know. But I'm always afraid I'm going to offend them and be out of a job. Thankfully, I send the best ones over to her anyway over at EliseCoaches.com, and they keep coming back. Hi, I'm one of the mediocre talents that Will has to work with. And really, I'm thinking about looking up Elise myself. Go look at Elise Coaches today and start your career without ending mine. What he said. Here we are back again. You hear my guest right there, and she is excited to be on here tonight, and I am excited to chat with her and bring it to you guys. But before we get going, man, thank you all again for tuning in to another awesome episode of the I Know You Hear Me podcast. This is going to be a good one, and I promise that it's only going uphill from here because I've got more awesome guests lined up, and it's continuously awesome guest after awesome guest after awesome guest. You guys get tired of hearing me repeat myself and sound like a broken record, but I'm having fun doing this, and I'm just so excited that you guys keep tuning in to hear me chat with my friends. So before we get into all the fun stuff, I got to take a minute and again thank Elise Bowman. She keeps this show afloat with her sponsorships. Thanks, Elise. We love you. <laughs> wonder who that was. But yes, we do love you, and thank you for all the support and everything you do for us here. Thank you guys for going and checking out her website. We're going to have links to all that in the show notes. Thank you guys again to tuning in and man, for following us on social media. I know it doesn't seem like a big thing, but it means the world to me and it makes a world of difference. So if this is your first episode and you haven't done that, go find us on Facebook, find us on Twitter, find us on Instagram. Go get caught up with all of our past guests and see what they're doing and connect with them on social media. And then, here's the important thing. Go find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever you want to call it. Find us on there. Subscribe. Get caught up in the archives. Share it with your family. Share it with your friends. 
Leave that five-star review on Apple iTunes if you like what we're doing, and we'll keep this show going, and I'll even have other podcasts to be bringing your way too, so all the support helps. We're going to take a quick pause for a word from the Give Me Back My Podcast Network. This is Charlie with Give Me Back My Action Movies. And Dan. Join us every two weeks as we dive into the classic action movies of the 80s and 90s. That's right, Charlie. But we also take a look at some of the current films out there that still has those nostalgic feels for us. Exactly. So make sure you find us on all your major podcasting platforms. And check us out over on Facebook. We have a group where the conversation's always going 24-7. We're having a good time. I think so. I'll be back. And we're back. And now that we got the fun stuff, wait a minute, I'm getting ahead of myself. One last important thing. If you have a product or service that you want to get out to a worldwide audience, I know you hear me when I say that I want to work with you. So contact me. I'm going to have my information in the show notes as well. Our audience ranges worldwide. And if you've got something that's important to you, I want to help you get it out there and get it known to people. So contact me and we'll get you going on here. So now without further ado, here comes the fun part. My guest tonight has been making little pop-in cameos throughout this introduction. She is not only a Shakespeare teacher, she is an actor, she is a voice actor, she does mermaiding, she's known affectionately as the Brawling Bard, she's somebody that I am lucky to call a friend, her name is Carlisle DePriest, and I've been waiting to have her on for a while. Carlisle, how are you? I am fabulous, thank you so much for having me, this is awesome. <laughs> oh, it is my pleasure, as we sit here, I'm in awe of your, uh, of your vocal booth to go, it just looks so yes. awesome, and... I love, you know, Boca Booth to go. We, you know, love love them, love their products. Absolutely. Uh, their 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 sound blankets are chef's kiss, just so great. And this their this booth, it's four by four, and it's just easy to d- assemble. Can take it with me if I need to take it with Even me. Even better. But like, it's just it's so so nice. Absolutely, it. and it's very it's very calming too. Just seeing the background. I know our listeners can't see it, but. It's a very, very calming scene right here. So I, I am jealous as I'm slowly trying to get to the final phases of upgrading mine. I may have to get some of those sound blankets from them. Right. And listen, we all start somewhere. You know, very th- true. Uh, this is new. I just moved out of my closet booth. That, so this is this is this is a big purchase for me. This is upgrade. We're moving on up. Absolutely. We're, we're, we keep we keep leveling up. That's, That's what we're doing. It. Spoiler <laughs> alert to uh to, you know, like how glamorous the vo- the VO life is, because sometimes a lot of the things you hear are recorded in a closet studio. So there you go. And man, speaking of leveling up, I'm sorry because I forgot something major in your introduction. You were also uh. a Twitch streamer. So yes! apologies I mean, for yes. forgetting that. So we got so much ground to cover here. Um, so much to talk about. I know. Let's back it up to the beginning here because um, I originally Uh-oh. got introduced to you uh, as... You were offering Shakespeare classes, so mm-hmm. we did uh, a monologue with you. Man, crazy to say, as we're recording a, this, it was been about a year a ago. Year, a year, you yeah. Were one of my, you were one of the first, one of the guinea pigs. Students, one of the guinea pigs. <laughs> oh my god! And it's actually, uh, you if you go back in the archives and listen to my episode with previous guest Katrina Pasina on there, that is kind of where we became connected as well. So, you know, we I had fun Katrina. in that. What, um. What led you into Shakespeare, and what was it with that genre of acting that really, like, piqued your attention and stoked the fire for you? Oh, geez. <laughs> um, so, um, I've had, um, 
a long, a long, uh, Shakespeare's the longest relationship I've ever had uh, with someone. Um, <laughs> so, like, so I was six when I first discovered Shakespeare. Okay. So, um, my elementary school had an, had an after school theater program mm-hmm. and our teacher was a classically trained actor and she, um, so the first, the first, actually the first classic material that I was ever given was the Greek tragedy Agamemnon. Oh, wow. So, so I like, when I say I've been studying that I, I understand the classics mm-hmm. better than I do contemporary work, which I should be concerned about since we, we mostly do contemporary work. Right, right. <laughs> but like, the classics are just 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 home for me. So like the first the first play that I was ever in was Agamemnon. And if you're not familiar with this Greek tragedy, I encourage you to look it up and then read a s- summary of it and then imagine 6 to 8 year olds performing this. Oh, um wow. it's well cuz you know it's it's it there's there's you know death yeah. and murder and some incest and just like just think of like six to eight year olds yeah like, it's you know it's fun it's just great. shakespeare things yeah it's great. <laughs> um and so from there we moved on to uh romeo and juliet mm-hmm. and uh it was that as i as i like to say it was at that moment that the clouds parted and the soul of Shakespeare spoke from me from spoke to me from the heavens and was like, "You're gonna perform me for the rest of your life." And I, <laughs> my six year old self was like, "Okay, sure, awesome." So my goal in life, like, I, it was then and there that I was like, "I'm gonna make Shakespeare cool," not knowing that Shakespeare has always been cool, has been cool right. for four hundred plus years, and I'm just, I'm, just, I, you know, I was just getting on the train and been on the train <laughs> for, for, oh my God, how long, how long, 24 years? Uh, yeah. We're getting up 20, there. No. Uh, yeah. 20, 20, uh, 24 years. Man. <laughs> so with it being like that, I'm not even going to say it's that long because with the way our, our sense of time has been, especially over these last two years. Time has no meaning anymore. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> How was, was how supportive was your family when they saw your interest start like developing in not only the acting but the Shakespeare specific? Like, were they supportive of that, or were oh. they kind of like, "What is this?" Well, my my I my parents are nothing but supportive. They are that's awesome. I I my I I say I lucked out. I lucked out in the family department. <laughs> uh, my parents, my family, my whole family in general is just super supportive. Actually, so. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my dad on blast. Uh-oh. My my well, good blast, good yeah. blast. My dad um graduated from Harvard undergrad and Harvard Law School. Woo. Um and right, yeah. Oh, <laughs> dad. Said, you know, from the south from the south side of Chicago to Harvard and very you know, impressive. Uh, he actually was actually worked in the Obama administration. Really? So my yeah. Wow. Yeah, I got. As I as I joke, you know, my parents are lawyers. My brother's a captain in the Marine Corps. I'm an actor. <laughs> Yay! But no, like my family has been nothing but supportive of me. My dad actually uh, took a lot of Shakespeare courses at Harvard. Really? Uh, okay. He actually he actually still has some of his textbooks from Harvard. So wow. From, from the Shakespeare textbooks from the seventies. That is <laughs> oh. awesome. So no, like my my parents have always 
you know, they, it, it's, it's funny. Cause we, cause we, jo- my brother and I joke about the fact that as much as we love our parents and we respect what they do, we never wanted to become lawyers. Yeah. Like, like, no, like we love our parents and they're, they're the good lawyers. They're, they're constitutional law. They fight for our civil liberties. Mm-hmm. You know, they, 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 they protect us. Um, but my brother and I were just like, no. And like our parents were just great. Go do your own thing. We've got you. Just go do it. So, you know, since that's the best since I was since I was six, like every time I was like, I want to go to this theater camp. Great. Go. Hey, I want to go to this soccer camp. Great. Go. Hey, like they they re- they really encouraged my brother and I to follow our passions, mm-hmm. follow our interests. And so you know, I I wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation with you if it wasn't if it wasn't for them, you know, supporting my interest in the arts. And I'm, you know, very, very privileged to be able to, you know, be able to teach Shakespeare and perform Shakespeare and just absolutely and do voiceover work as well. So we got a got a little one making a run in here throughout the story. Yay. Hi, little one. Oh, my God. You say hi. You want to be on the podcast? Yeah. What, Bubba? Can I show you something that I made in my room? After I get done with the podcast, you can. Yes. All right, I'll be there in a little bit. I love you. I think that was his first official appearance, so my son is going viral now. Make it happen, I mean, world. so, like, <laughs> when, when is his first voiceover gig? Like, Good Lord, I don't know. Like when is he, when's his episode of the podcast? See, I'm I'm seeing I'm seeing more of my friends' kids. Not to go on a side tangent here, but they're getting their first gigs around his age. So mm-hmm. maybe I need to start, you know, like being his agent. I don't know, but <laughs> but, but it's it's a marathon. It is. It is. That's the truth of it, right there. And that's something uh, that I want to come back to. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like relating my own experiences to it. But going back to that. With how supportive your parents were and everything and how, like, just you had that moment where it spoke to you and you've mentioned it's been 24 years now. I know I've gotten really gung-ho into things. Mm-hmm. I've drifted away and came back to them. Did you ever have anything like that with Shakespeare? Uh, yeah. Um, apologies, audience. We're about to take a dark turn for, for, for a second in the, in the chapter of my life. Um, when I first went to college, um... I went to I went to the University of Iowa. Mm-hmm. Uh, go go Hawkeyes! You know I'm still I'm still I'm still a Hawkeye at heart. I still root for the, their sports teams. Go sports ball. Um, <laughs> but uh, when I so when I got to Iowa, I was feeling pretty confident about my my skills in Shakespeare. I you know had auditioned for mm-hmm. one call one college using a Shakespeare monologue and they loved me. The only reason I didn't go is because that was my brother's college and I was like, I'm not going to the same college as my brother. Right. I get no. it. No. So that probably might have been the smarter choice. But you know what? I went with my gut at the time and my gut was saying go to Iowa. And yeah. I was like, great. Also because Iowa was paying half of my tuition. So yeah, okay, gonna- that makes a lot of sense too. I get it. Um, so, but my um time, my time in the theater department at Iowa uh, was the worst two and a half years of my Ooh. artistic career. Um, I 
you know, I was in a few plays. Um, I was I was in the lead in both those plays, so I can't be mad about that. Right. And they were great. And they were great experiences. But I felt like no matter what I did, I was never enough for my teachers. Mm. And you know, I I remember remember one of my teachers saying to me, he's like, Carlisle, every time you get up in front of us, you look like you want to run away. And the truth is I did. Like, I didn't want to participate. I was just so afraid to get up in front of them and and perform because every time I did, I never got a, like, we liked this moment yeah. here. We liked this moment there. It was like, it was always what I was doing wrong. And I just felt like I must be absolute shit. I get uh, it. Yeah. Like, no, I you're just, fine. Like, you're fine. I just felt like nothing, nothing, nothing I did was good enough. And I remember, you know, the first, the first round of auditions, I did Shakespeare because that's what I do. It's, mm-hmm. it's what I, it's always done. And I did Shakespeare and I didn't get cast in anything my first, my first semester. Oh. And I remember, and I remember talking to, you know, one of my teachers about it. And she's like, yeah, it's because you did, you know, a Shakespeare monologue. And you really shouldn't be doing a Shakespeare monologue unless you've been taught Shakespeare. And mm-hmm. that just like, <laughs> I was like, I, I've been taught Shakespeare. Like, granted, I wasn't taught the level that like they were talking about yeah but i understood the character i understood the assignment i understood like granted i didn't go into all the technical aspects like of where to breathe what is this yeah yeah i didn't i didn't learn that until i transferred colleges but like i was still like i i felt those two and a half years i felt like i was losing me I was losing my connection to the thing that made me me, the thing that I know that I was put on this earth to do. Mm-hmm. And so like the the spring semester of my junior year, like everything just like went from bad to worse. And like a span of three months, I mm-hmm. um had a falling out with my close college friends, which forced me to find a new apartment at the start of the semester. Um, I was also diagnosed with hypothyroidism at the beginning of that semester. So when I was mm. 21, um, no, 20, I was still 20. Wow, I've been doing, what? okay. Right, Just right. Flash that, oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> so I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism. I was on antidepressants, and so then, March of that year, I just came home. I just came home, and I never went back to Iowa. Uh, except to move, except to move out of my apartment, I was that was that became the darkest part of my life, and I and I almost ended my life. Um, that Man. you know, in 2013, I almost ended my life March of 2013. Um, Gosh. for for like five for four months, I woke up. You know, for four months, I would wake up. You know, I would not sleep through the whole night. I would either mm-hmm. wake up at 2 a.m., 3 a.m., or 4 a.m. and never went back to sleep. Every day I woke up and I was like, is this the day I'm going to stab myself with swords or am I going to take pills? And that was my life for four months. Um, and, you know, I've, to- I've told this to my brother and I was at recently. Um, 
that summer he announced that he was joining the Marine Corps. And that was one of the moments that made me start fighting for my life because I was like, if something, God forbid, if something were to happen to him, I was not, I was not going to let my, you know, parents be. Yeah. Childless. Yeah. So, and you know, so that was that was kind of like, okay, let's start getting back to mm-hmm. Carlisle. So, you know, I got a job at GameStop because I'm an avid gamer and and anime lover. I'm a nerd. Yep. So right there like, with you. Right. So I got a job at GameStop. I enrolled into Columbia College Chicago for that spring semester, where I met the fabulous Caroline Lotta. And when I tell you all that Caroline Lotta saved my relationship with Shakespeare, um, she um, was a Shakespeare teacher at Columbia and she taught me everything she knew, she knows about it. And she just opened my eyes to the possibility of Shakespeare. And then um, every May, she takes a group of students to Strat- the Stratford Shakespeare Fen- Festival in Ontario, Canada. And I went that year. Oh, nice! And my twenty this spring in twenty fourteen, and my passion for Shakespeare exploded all over again. I felt like I was six years old again, relearning, like learning Shakespeare for the first time. Seeing those actors perform Shakespeare just like just changed everything for mm-hmm. me. And I was like, I'm gonna be on this stage one day. Like this, this, this is going to happen. I'm going to. I'm going to be on the stage one day. And so the last uh, six years, uh, 24, uh, I can't do it. Yeah, so the last seven years, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know, right? I know. Time has no meaning anymore. No, it doesn't. So for the past seven years, I've dedicated a lot of my professional career to my advancement in Shakespeare. I've taken more classes. Mm-hmm. I went to... Um, Shakespeare and Company and did their summer training intensive, which if you can do, everybody go to Shakespeare and Company. I don't care what if you're not into Shakespeare, I don't care what. Just go do it. It will change your life. I drank the Kool-Aid. It's fine. Is that the one you mentioned where you tra- actually traveled over to Scotland? No. Um they so um what is it? So Shakespeare Shakespeare and Company, they're um their vocal uh, portion of of training is by uh, Kristen Linklater, and she's the one who has an I, had we we lost her last year to to life and old age. Um, I remember, yeah, she, I remember you telling us that in in the class, I believe. She has she has she has a retreat in Scotland. Oh, that's where, what it was. That's she, where it. she does the where she does the training there. Gotcha, where, gotcha. Where they now continue her training there. <sighs> um. Ever, also, voice actors read Kristen Linklater. You'll thank me. Just, just, just read. Bring the natural voice. Just do it. You just, you'll, you'll thank me. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's my plug. Uh, one of, one of many for tonight. Um, so no, so and then I was an apprentice with the Atlanta Shakespeare Company. Right. Leading up, leading up to the pandemic, uh, I've been, a, I've been teaching Shakespeare with uh, since 2015. Um, starting with kids and then moving to adults. Um, you know. Both are great. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't have a preference. Sometimes um, they act like each other, but you know. Yeah. Uh, sometimes. <laughs> or like all the time. Mm-hmm. I was trying to be generous here. 
And also, yeah, yeah. <laughs> guys, during all this too, as she mentioned, freeing the natural voice, I did uh, find the link for that. So I'm going to have that in the show notes for anybody that wants to check that out. Do it. So do it or she'll come find you. She does have a bullwhip, so. I will. Like, <laughs> or I'll just be like, come take my Shakespeare class and like, you'll, you'll see why. <laughs> that too. That too. And we're going to come to that. So I, I I do have a question if uh, if you're okay talking about it. Um, of course. Going back to that semester at college where, you know, it seemed like when it rained, it poured and everything was just kind of like in that dark space. Um, did you notice those like the negative, I guess, like depression and the suicidal thoughts? Did you notice that before? all of it came to that like that exclamation point or was it kind of like as the things that you were so like impassioned about and you weren't getting that positive affirmation that we all need whether you're doing something good or not and you're just getting the constant negatives did you have that beforehand or was were things like that just kind of accentuating it and bringing it to the forefront and making you more aware of it um Yes, pretty much, pretty much, um, let's see, because that was, I started college 2010, uh, uh, dating myself here, everybody, so I started college in 2010, and pretty much from September of 2010 to March of 2013, like, my mood just Man. went, I started anti antidepressants October of 2011, um, and I I just was never really happy at Iowa. I never found my footing. I never found my place. You know, I, I applied myself to where I could and just like I just never felt like I got I I I, I never felt like I got my footing. I understand that. And and part of um and part of my depression is uh linked to my hypothyroidism. So during those two and a half years was mm-hmm. when my um disease was really starting to develop like yeah. when when i tell you all that before i started my medication for hypothyroidism like winter winters are still very hard for me but when i tell you i could sleep for 12 hours nap twice throughout the day and just be completely exhausted mm-hmm. from like October to April like that that was my life from like from the age of 18 to like the to to 21 that just like I just like I just ceased to function so not only could I like not I didn't have energy to do anything which meant like I didn't have energy to apply myself I didn't have energy to concentrate Mm -hmm. and so like when I wasn't doing my best it showed and it's just like and I would try to do my best and my best still wasn't enough because like I was just giving all my strength just just to get out of bed yeah um and so just like you know how am I like how was I supposed to be doing my best at Iowa when I was clearly not feeling my best and so that just made me feel worse that it was like I'm trying my hardest for the thing that I love the most and it's just not enough and it just I get it I get it and you know you say that you moved back home and you know eventually you know like you started surrounding yourself uh with things that you were passionate about that you enjoyed doing 
before that happened, um, did anybody kind of notice those signs, whether it was somebody in Iowa or somebody at home and, you know, try and talk to you about that or try and help you find help for that? Or um, what yeah, was that my, like? My, 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 so I started seeing a therapist. Yeah. October of 2011 as well. Um, actually, no, earlier. Actually, no, I started seeing a therapist in, 20, in uh, June of 2010. And then, and you know, my, my, my parents have always been, again, my, I, my parents are always super supportive mm-hmm. and like, I wasn't feeling well. So it's like, okay, let's figure out why you're not feeling well. Right. Um, and you know, it's just, it, it was one of those things that, you know, it, un, unfortunately with, with mental health, there's no, there's no linear path. Yeah. Y'all. There's no linear path to feeling better. Um, there are ups, there are downs, and it's making sure that in those down moments, you're really, you're surrounding yourself with people who love you mm-hmm. and will remind you that they love you and that you are enough and you are valid and your, your struggles are real and, you know, they, you know, and they are there to help you. Absolutely. Like, I... And that's what's so, so scary and harmful about depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. It's just that you feel, you feel alone. Like yes. you, it's, 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 it, it's truly a mind fuck because, oh yeah, you, you know, other people are suffering from it. You see it and you can relate to it. But at the exact same time, you feel completely alone mm-hmm. and that your suffering is only unique to you. Like, yep. no one else can possibly feel what you feel. Yep. Yet, one-third of adults, hi, y'all, one-third of adults suffer from depression. And That's anxiety. it. Like, like, so we're not alone, but no. we feel alone. And, and it's just like, man, and- when I tell like, I I um recently had this this past this past summer so summer uh 2021 I had um a relapse in um my in my mental health battle mm-hmm. um and I um at the you know at the end of July I actually reached out to a crisis hotline I was in a I was in a bad space this past summer and I I was like I haven't been like this since since March of 2013 and I you know luckily in the past you know uh, seven years I've gotten more therapy gotten better absolutely coping, coping mechanisms and better tools at my disposal to help with with managing my depression and anxiety and so um you know but not everybody gets has that yeah so um for those of you listening who are struggling guess what? You now have access to my information. Uh, so if you need someone to talk to, if you need someone to help you, you know, make, get those first initial steps to finding a therapist or, you know, need, need that extra help. Mm-hmm. My, my, my inbox is open. So. And, and same here. I'm right there with you. And I know even previous guest way back at the beginning of season one, Jimmy Street put himself out there as somebody if you need it too, because especially speaking from experience and you know, like you said, somebody else is going through that. 
my mind plays tricks on me, whether it's my wife or one of my best friends. You know, like people will talk to me about their problems. I'll keep mine bottled up inside. And it just intensifies it because it's like, well, shit, they've got their yeah. things. I don't want to be a burden on top of that. I'll be the strong one or whatever. And it tricks you. Sometimes you just need to have that one person there that you can both share your problems with. And, right. you know, if you feel like you don't have somebody, there's three people now that are in your corner. So any one of us three would be more than happy to at least be a shoulder to to lean on, cry on, and then hopefully help get you pointed to somebody that can, you know, that may be a doctor in that field that can help you as well. So as, you're not alone, you know, that's for sure. As I say, my two my two philosophies in life is that everyone should take an acting class yes. to learn how to learn empathy and how to talk to other people. Mm-hmm. Then everybody should go see a therapist to learn how to deal with their own emotional trauma. Absolutely. And then, and then once you learn how to deal with your emotional trauma, you're more re- receptive and empathetic to those also experiencing their own emotional traumas. And then we can all build a better collective world together. Absolutely. So it's, two, it's, two, it's two simple things, people. Take an acting class and go to therapy. That's it. And they will help. They will help. They that will is help. for sure. I mean, thank you for, for being so open and I know vulnerable is kind of the key word here tonight, but yeah. being so open and vulnerable to talk about that, because I guarantee you, like you just said, there are listeners out there that are going yeah. through that struggle that are behind that brick wall that they built themselves behind. And it's hard to get down. I know that was a big thing for me too. So thank you for, for sharing that. You, you know, you're, you're welcome. And thank you for giving me, you know, a platform to talk about it. You know, I, I talk about my mental health because I don't want to, you know, I try to remove the stigma from it. And Absolutely. My, you know, my, my vulnerability is my strength. That's the, that's my mantra that I live by. Vulnerability mm-hmm. is my strength. That's so, it. And I mean, I think it's, it's broken down over the last few years and I'm so glad that it has. And hopefully it's been, been happening it has, further out. It has. Um, we, so showing part, emotion is not a weakness is like what I'm trying to get. And I think you're, you're on the same page with me there. It's uh sorry I didn't mean to cut you off but it's no, like I'm no, just I'm like, yes, yes, simpatico like, with you. I wish people were more comfortable sharing yes, emotions. Yes. Like we have them. Like y'all in Shakespeare. <laughs> Lincoln Lincoln this back to the good old Yes, bar. yes. Like, the reason the my 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 hypothesis, my theory of why Shakespeare has survived for four, over 400 years and why his works still get performed, and why literary papers are still written about him, and why we still go to the theater to see him, is because his characters are so human. Yes. Yes, the, yes, the situations that they're in are extravagant and crazy. Yep. But there is a level of truth and understanding mm-hmm. that these characters have, and they are a reflection of humanity's emotions at the highest and the lowest and they just live on this plane of heightened emotion yes and so it's just like that's why i believe like that's why i believe shakespeare survived because he still teaches us how to be human absolutely he you know and i think it that's why i say everyone go to shakespeare and company's training intensive because it teaches you not only how to be a better actor for those of us who are actors but it teaches you how to be a better human being and it teaches you how to 100%. be more like like that's that's just who they are that's it 
That is it. And man, you made the you made the segue so easy to uh mm-hmm. to come back to Shakespeare because that's what we're ultimately what building do. towards. <laughs> make my job easy. So where where in all this did the voice acting come in though? Um so just just like with Shakespeare, I kind of stumbled into Shakespeare. I kind of stumbled into voiceover. So when I started, um, so my fall, my my first fall semester at Columbia College Chicago, um, or actually my second was this first second semester. Um, <laughs> trying to remember dates, but t- you know, time has no meaning. Oh, so of my course. second semester, my second semester at Columbia, um, I was actually trying for a stage combat. Uh, minor mm-hmm. uh i took stage combat my first nice. semester and i've loved it ever since you know i'm uh it's lapsed thanks pandemic but i was i was certified in rapier and dagger um but you Ooh. know i've I've, tra- I've trained trained in rapier and dagger rapier and cape uh whip broadsword sword and shield small sword quarter staff <laughs> unarmed and a little knife and now you know why she was dubbed the brawling bard. So hey, there you go. Hey. <laughs> Man, that is um, that is awesome. See, I didn't know that. Like I've seen the picture or the videos of you with the bullwhip and everything, but I didn't know about all that other stuff. So by all means, let me stay on your good side. But <laughs> that is awesome. You know, it's, it's I I love I love stage combat, and so I I wanted to get a minor in it. Absolutely, um, but. So some of my credits didn't transfer over, so ah. I had to, so I had to retake some classes, including language. But it was fine because I got to take two semesters of Japanese. Oh, so nice! I got to, so I got to, I got to learn a little Japanese too, and I was like, that okay, awesome. I can't be too mad, right? Right. But, but unfor- like, unfortunately, fortunately, the Japanese classes overlapped with the stage combat classes, so I oh. had to take, I had to take the, the um Japanese classes. And so I needed one more class to fill my schedule. And I'm like going through the catalog of classes, trying to see what there is for me to take. And I see voiceover for animation. And I'm just like, sure, why not? Right. And I And yeah, again, it's like, once again, the universe was pointing me into the direction that I, wa- I wanted to go. Because I remember just like the first class. Um, my, our, our teacher, Jeff Lupitan, uh, gave us, gave us all these like handouts, which I, I still have this handout. It's a great handout of like character creation voice. Just gave us this handout and like how to create a character voice. And I just had this, had this voice come out of my mouth that wasn't my own. And like, I shocked myself and I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, I can use my voice differently than like I have been using. Yeah. What? And so I was just like, well, I do love it. It's, it's funny. Cause like, I love anime. I've been a fan of anime for most of my life. Mm-hmm. And like, but it's funny. Like I never saw myself like in my, in my aspirations of being an, of being an act, a lifelong performing actor and just living off acting. I never saw voiceover as like part of that. Yeah. You know, like I loved anime. I loved the character, like, but I never saw myself part of that world until I took this class. And then I was like, Oh, Oh shit. 
fuck, I want to be in this world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to be in the booth. I want to be doing cool things. I want to be like, I want to be like, I want to, I want to, you know, power up and like, exactly, yeah. Games and like, do a magical girl transformation. Like, okay. Let's make <laughs> it happen. Let's do it. Um, so, uh, I got my minor, I got my minor in voiceover. Nice. Um, I, I double minored actually. I double minored in voiceover and teaching artistry. So, oh, okay. You know, there it goes. There it goes. Like, every, every, every decision I made was like, how how are these skills going to help me further, right. further, my, love further that. my life path? I love that. So, um, but so I graduate. So, uh, so I graduated with my minor. Mm-hmm. But then, pretty much up until so from 2016 to the pandemic, um, I was really focused on my theater journey. Right. Right. And so I was, I was, I, I occasionally did an audition with my blue Yeti and just, you know, in a little, you know, in a little, Mm -hmm. like I made a little box for it with some soundproofing egg carton and, you know, just like did occasional auditions, but like I, I didn't spend as much time working on building voiceover as I did acting. Mm -hmm. And then when the pandemic hit, um, theater theater was done um theater is is starting to come back it's slowly crawling back yep um but there's still not a lot out there that's available to actors because um unfortunately a lot of the theaters are either going with people they know or they have a company and they're just working with their company or they're trying to redo the seasons that were lost yeah so they were like, we cast these plays in 2019, 2020. We want to do them. And so there's just not a lot going on theater-wise. Right, right. So I well, I was in Atlanta. <laughs> I was in a show. We opened March 14th, 2020. Oh, we closed boy. Mar- we closed March 15th, 2020. I was home back in Chicago five days later. Because <laughs> um, my mom was like, "You should, you should just come home." Yeah, and I was like, "We're only gonna be closed a month, mom. There's like, it's fine. I'll just be in my apartment for a month playing video games and whatnot." And she's like, "You should, you should just come home." Trust me. So just trust me. So obviously, so obviously I, I listened to my mother, yep. which you know was, but I, I should just know by now that my mom is always right. Absolutely. So, you know, just, just listen to my mom. Um. So I came home and then I was like, okay, well now I really have no excuse to not, you know, put the pedal to the metal and just like, you know, and just really start metal. You know, the thing is, oh like, yeah, to really to really start focusing on voiceover. Yeah, make it make so, it happen. I guess now for the last two years, it's just been voiceover. And so it's been a really fun, really challenging journey. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, one, there are so many talented people, and I need you all to stop being talented. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Like, come on, I, I just learned to, to submit it and forget it. Come being, on. I need you all to just stop being so good and stop being so talented because <laughs> it frustrates me. No. Um, there's just so many talented people. In, Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's just so many talented people, and I'm just in awe every day when I see you know my friends in voiceover 
hitting a new milestone mm-hmm. or uh or you know and achieving their goals and achieving their dreams and of course there's there's a twi- twinge of jealousy there because i'm like i want to be there too yeah i want my moment but, you know i'm human i'm gonna be i'm gonna of course. be jealous and social media doesn't help you no. know it's a, it's, it's a it's a, it's a it's a highlight comparison reel, and when you see the highlights, you compare yourself, and you're just like, "Ah, oh, I'm not doing, I'm not doing good. I'm not doing." Yes. I'm. 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 I must suck. Um, that's just not the case, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I'm just. This has been such a fun two years because I'm impressed with what I've been able to do. I love the. Ch- I'm a learner for life, so I've just been same learning all these new skills and picking them up. I um and I've gotten to meet some really awesome people. Yeah. And I'm really and I'm really privileged <clears throat> to have met some really awesome people. And just like you know, and it's um side note, I've just done some casting work with a local theater here in Chicago. Oh nice. And like it it was nice because <clears throat> it's just like I like I, I've known the artistic director of this theater for a few years. I was in a play that he directed a few years ago, mm-hmm. and he just he just offered me his the casting job. He's like, "Do you want to be casting director for this season?" And I was just like, "Sure, it's a job, right?" It and it's acting related, of course. Acting related, right? And like, you know, it's it's so. So I guess now add that to my resume: casting cast casting director. You know, nice. Whatever. Um, and let me, I'm, I'm saying this to everybody and I'm saying this as a reminder to myself, but I'm also saying this as, a, as to everybody listening. Casting is hard and there are just, there's just too much talent and not enough roles. Yes. And I want everyone to remember this. It's not a question of your skills. And I know that's harder. That's harder with voiceover than it is for auditioning for theater and and film. Mm-hmm. Because with theater and film, yes, there is some tech technique involved. But with voiceover, we have the added challenge of, you know, does my audio sound good? Yes. Is is you know is is there noise in the background? Is yeah. God forbid, do I have mouth? Oh God! Yeah. Oh God forbid! We got mouth clicks. We got to start all over. Um, but know that like you're talented. You are talented, and there is a place for you in this industry. There are roles for you. Mm -hmm. They are out there. They may be far and few between compared to some other people, but there are roles for you out there. And you know. You know, at the end of the day, if you don't get cast, it is not a reflection on you. It very, really very isn't. True. It's just like, what is the director? What is the role? What is the director, casting director? What is their vision in mind mm-hmm. for the role? How do they want them to look? How do they want them to sound? Yep. And, you know, you doing your best is all you can do. Absolutely. That's all you can do and just like you know and you have and it's difficult because we all want to be cast we all want those yes roles we want we want to be in the room where it happens oh yeah 
you're already in the room where it happens because you're showing up and you're auditioning. Mm-hmm. You're already there. And you just have to keep doing it. But know that if you don't get cast, it's not you. It really isn't you. It's just the it's just the director has it has someone in mind of how they want to play the someone has to want to play the character. Yep. And someone someone fit it better than you. Yeah. You can't control that. That's it. And just you can't. That one little intangible, there's one little intangible that doesn't really get talked about enough, but sometimes they don't even know what they want for that mm-hmm. role. Mm-hmm. And they don't know it until they hear it. So. Right. Right. There's like, so much that goes um, into it. One of the, one of the, one of the plays I just, one of the plays I just cast, like, we didn't know that we wanted this character to be this specific way until mm-hmm. we had this actor walk in the room and we're like, Oh, we want, we, you know, we want them, they have a great, and it wasn't just because of their acting, really. Yeah. It was their attitude and the way they carried themselves into the <clears throat> room. So, like, here, here's, here's, here's the secret of acting, everybody. The real, you want the real secret of acting? I'm leaning in real close here. You are enough. Be yourself. Bring what you have. To the character. Mm-hmm. That's it. Your version of said character is going to be different than X's person of character or Y's yes. portrayal of the character or Z's portrayal. Like, you're all going to portray the character different. And it's just going to be a matter of what the director likes and doesn't like that day. Very, very That's true. That's it. That's the secret. That's the secret, y'all. That's it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> that is it. And, That's man, like, we could, we could spend all night and probably most of tomorrow talking about that, too. Mm-hmm. But there's one big thing that I've kind of been leading, uh, leading this conversation towards, Uh-oh. and that's you teaching Shakespeare. Yes. Now, I, as we mentioned earlier, uh, you know, like I was one of the, I guess, like I said, I say it jokingly, but you know, one of the guinea pigs for your first class, uh, as far as like doing it virtually, starting starting something like that, especially in the middle of the pandemic when we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. At that point, what's it like? teaching people like behind a computer screen as opposed to actually being in a theater like how is that like how did you process all that um it's so it's a different challenge um there's i miss like i miss being it's there's something nice about being in the room because you can actually like there's a certain like physical and I try to recreate it in my classes mm-hmm. as best as I can. This kind of atmosphere of yes, su- of support, and everyone is in there is supporting you. It's a no judgment zone, mm-hmm. and there's just something nice about being in a room with other people and actually being able to like physically touch and move in the space. Yes, and um, you know, teaching virtually, you're really just like. I'm I'm in my box. Like I can't I can't move as much. So that's why one of the reasons in my class I get everyone to stand to mm-hmm. do their monologues. I, yep. Like if they if if they feel like I feel like my character in this moment is sitting, fine. I'll let that slide. But most of the time I'm like, get up on your feet. Yep. Do it on your feet. This isn't like I I teach it for voiceover as a way of like how for voice actors to 
develop a deeper understanding of the characters they're auditioning for and they're portraying for and how to access those emotions that we need because here's the thing you know act you know theater acting and film acting you have your whole body as your tool yep as your instrument this is everybody seeing you perform we just have our voice and you know granted they're going to be animated onto characters and video mm-hmm. game characters and ho- hopefully but like you just have to sell this character with your voice yes you need to have you need to have emotion in your voice you know it's not you know it's great that you can make all these character noise sounds or monster voices and great but if there's no emotional depth to that mm-hmm. if there's no if there's just no emotional tie to that it falls flat yep and it's just like you can sound happy but are you happy in this moment when you're portraying the character are you thinking of something yeah that makes you happy and if you're not then it's going to come up come off as fake happy absolutely and, not, and the directors and casting directors can tell when you're when you're pushing too hard and when you're just like phoning it in yep so it's finding that delicate balance of like, am I doing too much? Am I not doing enough? Like, what is, what is that sweet spot? Absolutely. Um, and so I, I, and that's why I encourage my students to stand on your feet and just, just perform this monologue. Don't worry about how far you are from the mic. Don't worry about mouth clicks. Don't worry about any of that technical stuff that we worry about when we're recording an audition. I just want you to keep it simple, and I just want it to be you. And the text and the character, it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, if you want to talk about your experience with Shakespeare, I'd love to. <laughs> it was uh, it was very fun because I was like, I've been known, and I guess sometimes it still happens. I I will hold back or I will overthink things and get in my own way. And the way you taught it, especially like there were things like last minute before we did our our performance on Zoom and Facebook Live and everything. You were given those little fine tweaks, you know, again, that we may not have thought of up until that point. But when you say it, it's like that light bulb moment that just shatters that wall that you put up. And it helps you find that extra little something or that little it factor that makes it that much better. And again, too, like you said, being on your feet makes you that much more expressive to the emotions that are going on in that moment. Whereas if I was just trying to do it and, you know, sitting sitting on a stool doing it, it may have still been like, spewing out emotion but it could have come off like i was phoning it in because my body language wasn't into it too so the way you taught it like made it so very understandable because you know like you like you at the beginning i'd had a little bit of shakespeare teaching you know like in middle school some in high school hamlet romeo and juliet (laughs) right right (laughs) but you know it's like it was never never taught at that level we didn't break down the scenes where like who are you talking to or what is the motivation behind this character or anything like that. So the way you taught it like was a real eye-opening experience that made it so much more fun to actually get into that character and, you know, put it out to the world in that way too. So take her class. Cheap plug there. Uh, yes, I will be teaching when, whenever this podcast comes out. I will be teaching it. Yes, uh, so... so Spoiler alert, by the time this airs, she will have already begun teaching again. So I'm going to have links to, again, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but damn it, I'm going to have links in the show notes where you can get involved in these classes. And for the love of God, do it, because it will be one of the best experiences you will ever have. Oh, 
So before we before we get to uh, the finish line here tonight, I do have one question, um, guys. This is one uh, you know if if you know you know if you've seen any of the stuff on Twitter. I'm not gonna name names. I'm not gonna do anything negative like that. But you know, at one point, you guys had you and some other people had a virtual school of acting that was building yeah. up. Like the momentum was building, things were taking off. And then it seems like right as things were getting to that point, everything just kind of like the bottom fell out, everything fell apart. And there was a split between most of the teachers and, you know, the person that was in charge of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, not going to go into what caused that or anything like that. But when it comes to a situation like that where you've got somebody that is so well known in the business and... You know, like you're working with that person. People know there's an association there, and that split happens. How do you juggle and like? How do you navigate your way through a situation like that? And then also too, like, how do you deal with any potential backlash or whatever that shouldn't come with it may come with it? If that makes sense, like, how do you navigate that situation? Um, so hindsight being twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. I can't say that anymore. Oh, no. We we clearly haven't learned from 2020. No, no. <laughs> you know, it's, um, it's, I'm not, vulnerability is my strength. I mm-hmm. was terrified. Yes. Understandable. I was terrified. I was terrified when it was all happening. Um, I, cause I was, not only was I concerned for myself, I was concerned for others who were working with us. Yes. And, how were we going to best, you know, protect ourselves? And that's and that's the truth of it. How are we going to best protect ourselves? Absolutely. Protect what we we were working hard to build. And I honestly, it just took the wind out of my sail. I, I understand. Just, I I felt so defeated because I felt like for the past year and a half, I have been working hard to build something that I was very proud of Mm -hmm. and, you know, something that was bringing a lot of joy, not only to myself, but to others. Yes. And to just see it crumble and, and know that I tried to save it. Yeah. And I did everything I could to try to save it, but, you know, the powers that be and other forces decided that that wasn't what they wanted to do. That wasn't, you know, they they were going to keep doing what they wanted to do. And one of the hardest lessons that I've learned from all of this is that, you know, is that not, you know, people... I don't want to say people change and people, but people change. People do. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, you can see a good, the good in somebody and know it's there and you want, and you want to hold on to that good. Absolutely. And at the same time, you know, what's good for them isn't good for you. Yes. And, you know, what, and at the end of the day, you need to think, you need to be able to say, "It does this feel right to me? And if it doesn't feel right to you, 
you need to go. Absolutely. And that's and that's that's what happened. It wasn't feeling right. It what it honestly it, it it wasn't feeling right during the summer and it really played into my my mental health mm-hmm. and I let them know that and they laughed at me and oh, they um you know were they were just going to keep doing what they wanted to do. Right. And I, and then it, when everything just started exploding on Twitter, it was like, okay, this is it. It's, 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 it's time to, it's time to take care of yourself and do what's best for you and trust that you're going into the unknown. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. But stay true to yourself and stay true to what it is that you want to do mm-hmm. and you will see yourself through. Absolutely. And uh, like, you know, I I was scared. <laughs> I was I was I was terrified. It's un- it's um, very understandable. I was I was terrified uh, for for myself, for my friends, for um my some of my colleagues and mm-hmm. just like and I'm so thankful and glad that my colleagues had my back and I yes. had theirs and that we we were like no this is a problem we we're we're not we're not going to be part of this absolutely we're not going to be part of this so we you know and I'm so thankful that I I'm so thankful that they were supporting my back I was so uh, I was happy to support them and mm-hmm. I feel like we all <clears throat> made it out on the other side much much better and yes. with a clearer conscience and like you know i'm i'm so sorry for all of those who were hurt by this right. i'm sorry for you know the the for the things that were said and and you know i wish that some things could be some things could be taken back but you know we you know i'm i'm not i'm not sorry for I'm I'm not sorry for leaving. I'm not sorry yep. for standing up for myself. I'm not sorry for, you know, my friends standing up for themselves and my colleagues standing up for themselves. You know, we did what we th- felt was right in the moment and it was right in the moment. And Absolutely. It continu- and it still continues to be right because at the end of the day, we chose ourselves and our mental health. That is 100% right. I can't say how much I respect that enough. And I know too, like, when everything kind of started happening, like you said earlier, like social yeah. media paints that kind of unrealistic picture because so many people that weren't necessarily involved with it or may not have known what was going on were were chiming into it and my small group of uh you know fellow classmates that had been through like several of those classes together most of them through improv we were all kind of like what like what is going on here and you know it's like how do we you know like what can we do do we need to just how do we address it do we just stay out of it what is like you know? It's like there was so many things going on that there was, there was really there was a lot. There was no there, good way to navigate lot. that. There wasn't. There wasn't. That's the truth of it. Like when you're in it, what you decide to do in that moment is the right thing to do. You mm-hmm. can't, you know, until it's done, you don't know whether or not you made the right or wrong yeah. decision. When yeah. you're in the moment, the moment the the decision you make is the right decision. Absolutely. And like. And that, you know, and that's, you know, that's what happened. That's they, it. You know, it, it's unfortunate because 
a lot of people were hurt by this. Yes. And it's it's unfortunate because, uh, you know, it, it a lot not only were a lot of people hurt by this incident, but they had been hurt by past incidents. Yes. And, you know, it it sucks that so much hurt mm-hmm. was put out there. And I, you know, I'm, I, you know, my, my, my struggles with mental health have, like, I'm, I'm a very compassionate person. I wear yes. my heart on my sleeve and I hate it when I see other people hurting. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I don't always, I'm not always the best at championing for myself. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not always, the, I'm not great with confrontation. And, but when I see people that I care about being hurt, you will see a side of me that like, I, that I, I'm scary. Yeah. <laughs> I'm scary. When, when people I know I it all too well. Hurt. I know it all too and, well. And like my, my colleagues were hurting and I was hurting. Yep. And others were hurting and so it was just like okay nope this isn't this isn't worth it anymore you no. know the the platform that i was given the you know was you know the some some relationships weren't worth it because yes. people were hurting and i don't want to i never ever want to build anything on the hurt and pain of others absolutely never Never and people were hurting and I was just like no, not worth it. You know if it if it takes me a few steps back, it takes me a few steps back. But I'm going to you know I'm going to defend the people who are hurt because I hurt. Absolutely, it's going to be their champion. And as we can see right now, that's uh, that's working out in your favor because you know it's, 2022 is uh, is picking back up to uh, to a big yes, start. The is. classes are coming back, so I mean. Everything is rebounded to, uh, you know, hopefully stay on that positive momentum and keep it, you know, just keep it going. But since I got to ask that heavy, heavy question there, guys, I'm going to turn the reins over to Carlisle now and let her get her shots in at me and put me in the hot seat. So you know how this works. She's going to have the opportunity to ask me up to five questions now. Uh, I don't know what they are beforehand, so... Full disclosure, I am at her mercy, and whenever she is ready, let the fun begin. What's one thing that you wish you had accomplished in your wrestling career that you didn't? Well, I would say the natural would be <laughs> Yeah, the natural would be have, you know, have that WWE contract. Mm-hmm. But Looking back at it now, I don't think that would have been a conducive lifestyle because it would have killed my body. I would have been doing more of the stupid things I was doing in college on the road. So realistically, I would just say if I could have had one match on TV so that I'd be able to like show my kids, you know, like that would be it. Um, as as a father, what are your hopes for your kids and what are some fears you have? I can already say right now, uh, and this will be something that's actually going to be addressed on a future episode, uh, the biggest fear I have is ultimately repeating everything that was shitty that my dad did. Like, he basically did not want to be in the picture. Because of him, I have a hard time, like, you know, raising my voice to my kids because I feel like I'm just repeating what he did. But ultimately, you know, I, my biggest fear is becoming him. But if I could be, if I could have one hope for them, it's that they know whatever they want to do, whatever dreams they want to chase, it's possible, and I support them doing it. So, 
That would be my biggest thing for them. Just grow up to be happy and chase their dreams. What? Okay. What is... What do you hope to achieve with this podcast in the next year? With this podcast in the next year, um, it's already in the process of splitting off to, you know, like have a, I guess, a brother and a sister podcast, one wrestling-based, one haunt-based. But honestly, my biggest goal for the next year is to just continue picking up the audience and, you know, hopefully getting it on a bigger network at some point, like a Cumulus or, a, you know, a Westwood One, whatever it may be. Actually, I think they're the same company now, so I need to update <laughs> myself on that. But, you know, uh, or getting it on, like, iHeartRadio or something like that so it gets to a broader audience so that more people know, especially that aren't comfortable opening up, like, they hear everything that we just talked about and know, like, I'm not alone. There's hope, and if it helps one person like that, then... My my job has been more than accomplished. Same. <laughs> um, oh, where is it? Uh, what is something you want to happen for you in voiceover in the next year? Or what are you going to make happen for yourself in voiceover next year? I, manifesting. <laughs> I am trying my damnedest, especially working with, uh, with Elise as a coach. And then also, too, like, Having all these other connections uh, with, you know, like voice actors that I grew up listening to, having them as teachers and everything, with that new Dragon Ball Super coming out, especially the movie, if I could get my voice in that or in some kind of Dragon Ball project, bucket list, anything I do past that is just the extra cherry on top. But, like, that would be it for me, just being in something Dragon Ball. Then, of course, I wouldn't complain if there was a Star Wars thing in there, too, but... Dragon Ball is up here for sure. What was your favorite moment in my Shakespeare class? Oh, man. Honestly, <laughs> I think it was right after we wrapped up the live performance, or specifically, I guess, when I wrapped up mine, because it's like, I got, you know, we turned off the camera. Yeah. And I felt this sense of accomplishment because it's like, damn, I, I actually did that, you know, because like, I guess, like, I don't know why I was so nervous because for 11 years before that, revealing spandex, knee-high boots, all that fun stuff, you know, across the country. But, you know, like, doing something that's really out of my element that I still, like, wanted to do and actually doing it, especially when the world is going to shit around you in a pandemic, yeah. and then seeing people, like, actually giving compliments and praise and reaffirming that in the comment section was like, damn, okay, I actually, I did that, so... I feel like I'm making the right choices here and like further solidify like just continuing that path. So I I felt the sense of accomplishment as soon as that monologue was done and I felt like I'd made some growth as an actor to get out of my own way too. So again, take that class. Don't make me come find you. <laughs> Don't make me come find you. <laughs> I don't know which one will be worse. But man, that uh, was... Well We'll tag team. We'll yes, tag team that's it. it. I'd rather do that than uh than have to end up getting beat up by you anyway, especially with all the weapons training you have in the stage mm -hmm. combat. I'm out of my element. So, <laughs> but guys, seriously, like I can't believe that we've already been talking for over an hour. Like this has just flown by, and it's been it's been this raw emotional roller coaster that I can't thank you enough for being so willing and you know open to come on and chat about with me. So so thank you for that. Thank you for having me. This Absolutely, was a lot of fun. Uh, hope hope to return. One oh yes, day in the yes. Future. Very you know? very 
I have a feeling we'll have some things, you know, we may need to uh, have you back on to promote and talk about for part two. Because, I mean, there's there's a lot more guys that we really have not even scratched the surface on, especially in the acting realm. Um, there, there's so much there that literally we barely scratched the tip of the iceberg. So you will be back on again, that's for sure. Um, and I can't wait for that to happen. Cause, but there's going to be a lot more to talk about in between then, too. So get ready. But, like, seriously, again, thank you for just being so generous with your time here tonight. And thank you for being somebody that I can say has gone from, you know, a mentor to a friend. Because, like, again, I've I've noticed a trend here <laughs> that all these people that we connect with through Zoom throughout this crazy, crazy time we're still living in end up becoming people that, like, you just have these automatic connections with and you haven't even met them in person yet. So... But you know, like, you know, the sense of humor is there. They get the dark humor, the stupid, sarcastic references, whatever it may be. You know, like, they're your people. So I'm grateful to say that we've built that connection, too. So thank yes, you. Thank you for that. You know, and thank you. You know, thank you for, you know, thank you for being vulnerable with me as well. Absolutely. And, you know, and, you know taking taking a chance on me, you know, a year ago to of course. Teach, a, teach, a, teach a Shakespeare. <laughs> of course, and I knew that was something that I wanted to do. So, you know, we did that demonstrate uh, the that quick little thirty minute demonstration. I was like, okay, I'm uh, I'm sold. So let's make it happen. But yeah, guys, seriously, I think this will be the fourth or the fifth time I say it. I'm gonna have links to Carlisle's classes in there. Sign up for one if you're on the fence about it. Take the chance. Why do it. not? Do it. Yeah, It'll do change it. Change your life. Just like uh, say that. <laughs> like that one brand with the swoosh says, just do it. You won't regret it. But man, guys, like again, thank you for tuning in and continuing to support this show. This has been an awesome, awesome interview for me. And like I have been on this emotional roller coaster this entire hour and eleven minutes and a half now that we've been going. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it's been that long, it but. You know, again, Carlisle is going to be back in the future. I'm going to have other guests on in the future that have more stories to tell that can also benefit our audience. Everybody's different. Everybody's unique. But we all have our struggles. And we do have somebody that's there to care for you and somebody that's championing you. So if you feel like you're alone, you've got me. You've got Carlisle. You've got former guest Jimmy Street. There are people in your corner, whether we know you or not, we want the best for you, and we want the world to give you what you deserve. So hang on and just know that people care. Get the help you need, and you have our support no matter what on that. But, man, again, Carlisle, thank you for, for coming on here tonight. Like that, This has been a blast, so thank you. Thank you for having me. This, this has been a blast. And uh, everyone, tell your friends to listen to this podcast because our host is amazing. Oh, and thank you. Thank he you. deserves everything and more thank so you tell your friends to subscribe and listen to this podcast i try i try and guys at, like she said she's making my job easy tonight so if you haven't subscribed already what are you waiting for go find Do us it. yeah go find us on your preferred platform spotify google apple and if you're on apple leave us that five star review because it really does help then go find us on social media we're on facebook instagram twitter you know the routine by now Go like and follow us there. Get connected with our previous guests. Go get caught up in the archives. Share, share, share. Share it with your family. Share it with your friends. Share it with that random guy on the street corner. Just go flash the podcast logo to him. Hey, go listen to this. You did, you did some good in the world at that point. But seriously, 
Guys, thank you so much for your continued support. And again, if you have a product or service that you want to get out to the world, get with me because I want to help you make that happen. I'll have my information in the show notes so that we can connect and see what we can do to help each other out. But guys, for me, for Carlisle, I want to thank you all for tuning in tonight. I hope you all find a chance to do some good in the world before we chat again next week. And I can't wait to bring you another awesome interview. I'm going to have Trisha Mellon on the podcast next week if you're familiar with her work. So get ready for that one. It's going to be a fun interview to share as well. But for myself, for Carlisle, thank you guys for tuning in tonight. Can't wait to talk to you again next week. And I know you hear me. I Know You Hear Me podcast is a presentation of Flynn Hendricks Enterprises. We thank you for tuning in this week, and we hope you'll check out our sponsors and advertisers. Make sure you check us out next week as we come back at the same time with another awesome episode.